Hey, this is Wacky Jackie Z. You're listening to 70,000 watts of volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio, 88.5 WMNF, Tampa. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you, my dear friend. Isn't it just an exquisite way to fill your Monday listening to the Healthy Steps radio show here on WMNF Tampa and, oh yes, on the internet at WMNF.org. You cannot do anything to change yesterday, but let me tell you, what you can do today to enhance and to control your life is practically limitless. That is the very reason that right now, this moment is called the present. It is the gift that you should not squander. It is that rare and precious gift that lets you decide what is inside it, because the gift is really already inside you. You are more powerful than you realize. You are more beautiful than you will admit. Your love gives strength to many, and many love you beyond measure, although sometimes unseen. Someday, I hope that you will show your gift to us all, because when you admit to yourself who you want to be, your tribe will find you by your light. In the meanwhile, Dr. Harvey has gifted us with another Ask Me Anything Monday component of the Healthy Steps radio show, so you know what has to be done. And here, I'll make it easier for you than falling off a log. You can ask your question. You can unburden yourself by simply dialing 813-239-9663. Irene came in today looking forward to taking your call. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, good morning to you, Dr. Harvey, and let me tell you, I'm always happier than a pig in a wallow whenever you have an Ask Me Anything Monday. Our callers are the secret sauce that makes this show pop. So I'll step aside now and hand you the reins, Dr. Fred. Let's see where this show goes. Why, thank you, Mr. Bell, for that beautiful intro. Um, you pleasure got me. I, I know the pleasure is your. It, you, you, can, you can see it, hear it shining right out of you. And honestly, um, I don't know if. Uh, who out there is um, uh, remembering uh, Saturday Night Live, Mike Myers' character, Rhonda, who had the talk show, Coffee Clutch, I think it was called. But you got me all verklempt with that <laughs> love-centered intro. Um, well, hot diggity dog. Jerked some tears there because it's love that is our greatest healer. And it's what helps to detox all that nastiness that's in our current environment. Um it's uh, uh, so beautiful. Thank you, Bill. That was great. And hello, lovely listeners. Um, Bill's back with us and doing wonderful introductions again after a week hiatus. Had to do so, something when I stepped back in this chair. You do. You do indeed. And I, I love what you do. Thank you for being here. So um, it was actually fun last week, pulling it all together that way, too. But I really appreciate your help in the studio. Um. So toxicity, yeah, yeah, love helps wash it all away. There's all kinds of ways to get toxic, though. And I just read this article about sleep. 
um, lifestyle mediators of associations among siestas, obesity, and metabolic health. Just published, actually, 26 April. And um, what they found out is that where you siesta and how long you siesta is associated with different outcomes. And they found that 30 minutes is the sweet spot for siesta. You do more than that, and it's likely you're going to have an increase in your BMI, your uh, uh, the, that indicator of your uh, uh, height to weight and, and, and whether you're obese or not. So it actually will increase your obesity index, increase your weight circumference, increase your fasting glucose, increase your systolic blood pressure and diastolic blood pressure. And so you actually, if you sleep nap too long, more than 30 minutes, you actually get these problems. But if you sleep 30 minutes, you actually have benefits where your blood pressure can go down and you can have uh, 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 okay, still okay nighttime sleep. And your eating schedules actually have a lot to do with that too. And so um, they also found that if you sleep in a bed for a half hour versus in a sofa or armchair, you actually have better, higher blood pressure issues later. And so uh, siesta, can be toxic. So don't nap for two hours in the afternoon, you're bound to get worse. But that half hour nap can be really sweet, especially since probably 70% of all Americans don't get the seven to nine hours sleep required to be rested. We are sleep deprived. And sleep deprivation has its own whole set of bad things that happen to us. So also, um, it just keeps happening, and I just keep seeing more and more of these things published. This one from 30 March 2023 in um, MDPI, um, and it's micro and nanoplastics breach the blood-brain barrier. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here's a problem. Um, mice were studied in this one, and they were fed um, things that had tiny particles, 1.14 micrometer, um, 0.293 micrometer, and 9.55 micrometers. The, the nanometer size particles, the 0.293 micrometer, um, reach the brain. Within two hours, two hours of putting it in the stomach, it's in the freaking brain. And so we really need to continue to figure out ways to continue to reduce our plastic use, but also to continually detoxify. Because what we know about these little nanoparticulate plastic things is they carry persistent organic pollutants like pesticides along with them. They carry petrochem, they carry PFAS, the forever chemicals. They're stuck to the plastic and they come into our bodies on the plastic. So we have to really pay attention to a constant detoxification, filtered water, movement, movement, making you sweat, vigorous movement, sweating out some of this uh, uh, petrochem that's carried into our bodies. I don't know how we're going to get rid of the nanoplastic. Honestly, nobody has given us this idea yet, but the, the junk that comes along with it, we can get out. We can support the liver with good protein intake because protein helps us detoxify. Sulfur-containing vegetables help us detoxify. And those include the brassicas, arugula, and Brussels sprouts, and cabbage, and cauliflower, and all those things really help us to clean out the system. So we are required because of our uh, um, um, machinery, our, 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 our um, machinery of, 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 of economics, the, the manufacturing, all this stuff, is, and convenience. 
convenience. They don't carry a bottle and uh, a plastic bottle of water around. These things are toxifying us. We need to control this, and we have to be on a mission to reduce this stuff because we're stuck. I mean, we it's already in the environment, and so the only way we can actually um, uh, clean ourselves up is by cleaning the petrochem out. Eventually, we can maybe find a way to clean out the plastic, but that's going to be a much longer and much more expensive, extensive event. And so, uh, yes, toxins very important. Another set of toxins is the uh, chemicals they use to treat mental uh, uh, illnesses. Um, unfortunately, there's no evidence, and we've talked about this before, uh, evidence for the serotonin um, theory of depression. It, it really doesn't hold water, and yet people are still on them. And I saw this really interesting article the other day about poisoning people, or sorry, treating people with mood issues using these medications, and they showed this, uh, that if people are on these medications for two years, um, uh, or up to 50, 52 weeks, at least one year. If you stop the people, um, a year out, 39% of the people in the um, 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 maintenance group, the people that stayed on the medications, and 56% uh, in the discontinuation group. That's only a 17% difference between the two, a slight increase. So really what's happening here is that people aren't being detoxified, detoxified of bad thoughts, detoxified of bad foods, detoxified of bad behaviors, and detoxified of bad chemicals that are in their system, including the chemicals that are using to treat the mood issue that doesn't really treat the mood issue. That brings me to a final mention before I break for a station, um, and that is that ADHD medications are actually uh, uh, problematic right now. They're having trouble getting them because the manufacturers haven't been able to keep up because so many people have been inappropriately put on them. We have a shortage of them. Well, here's the deal. You can treat ADHD without medication. In fact, you probably should because I've watched numerous people clean up their ADHD symptoms by getting rid of sugar and excess stimulants like caffeine and sodas and getting rid of the gluten and other poisonous materials that poison the brain. There's a lot of work to do here, but ADHD isn't necessarily treated by medication. But that's what modern psychiatry does. However, they do it without any kind of physical examination, brain image, or any kind of laboratory testing. They just make stuff up. Oh, you have symptoms? Here, let's do this pill. Join us. I ask psychiatry, join us in the 21st century and do metabolic medicine with us. Make sure you're doing the right thing for your patients. And so, as I'm all fired up here and moving along, this is Tampa's favorite radio station, WMNF, and it is 88.5. Indeed, and I'm going to widen that call and tell people to join us here at the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. The topic is my favorite, Ask Me Anything. And you're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Irene's in the control room just waiting for your treasured call. Or you can send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. 813-433-0885. And we do have some callers already lined on up. Wonderful. Marilyn has been sp- particularly patient. Good morning to you, Marilyn. Hello. Good morning. What do you have for us today? Um, I suffer from anxiety, and I do take some medications. I try not to take uh, only low doses, but... um. My anxiety, um, are there supplements and foods that naturally help with anxiety? Yes, actually, that's a really good question um, following up on what I was talking about there. Um, Mental health 
is affected by everything that we do because our brains and our moods are connected to everything. So start with um, basics, clean up the diet and get rid of things that might make you more anxious. So if you do um, more than, and if you're really anxious, even doing one cup of coffee a day might be too much. Even a cup of tea might be too yeah, much. I cannot do caffeine, no. Yeah, yeah. So get rid of the caffeine and then certain things that help. Um, uh, one thing we know that really has an immense impact on, on your mental health is exercise. Walking outside in the morning every day helps to reduce both depressed mood and anxious mood. Exercise. Yeah, walking. Okay. It's so simple. Walk yeah. in the sun in the morning and you actually lift your mood. Yeah. Oh, my and then, great. So uh, another thing um, is to really uh, change the way you're getting food in. If you're using processed foods, if you're using stuff out of boxes, try to get away from that and get to really whole foods and really try to push your diet towards uh, basic things. You know, Have um, uh, for breakfast, spinach and eggs and, and maybe some gluten-free organic toast or something, but make it really now, why simple. Why do you say gluten-free? Um, well, because gluten is, is often an irritant for many people's brains, and there's another problem. Almost all non-organic gluten products in America have been pre-sprayed with Roundup when they harvested the non-organic wheat product. Roundup Whoa. has chemicals in it that cause destruction of barriers. So it breaks down the gut barrier. And when you break down that, it's the same thing as your blood-brain barrier. So you break down the barrier that keeps crap out of your brain. And so when you break that down, you have leaky brain, you have junk that leaks into there and you can have petrochemical toxins. Like we already know that the, the plastics are getting into the brain. So if you have wheat gluten that has pesticide poisons on it and you eat that, that gets into the brain. The gluten molecule itself in a significant portion of Northern European people is really rather toxic itself. And so, um, Cleaning up the diet and getting rid of a lot of carbohydrates is another thing because carbohydrates put you on an insulin cycle that make you more anxious too. They'll feed forward into the anxiety. So even going a little more paleo or a little more low carb could take some of the edge off of that feeling. And then some really specific, easy supplementation to do is to get a good multivitamin with good multiminerals in it and activated B vitamins. You want to get methylcobalamin, methylfolate. Those are really important. Cobalamin, and you want to get- What's that? Methylcobalamin is methylated B12. Methylfolate is methylated folic acid. Those are the active forms your brain uses. And in fact, methylated folic acid has been approved by the FDA as a drug to treat depression because it augments how the brain works so well. Yeah. Magnesium, especially magnesium glycinate, G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. Magnesium glycinate is a wonderful tool for calming down because magnesium works in 400 different enzyme systems, many of which help you calm and make good uh, neurotransmitters to keep you calm. But the glycine, the glycinate okay, part, guess, is a calming agent yeah. for the brain too. Glycine, yeah, I've heard of it. G-L-Y. Uh, so I, yes. I buy my vitamins at the Dollar General. I may not be doing myself a favor. You may need to move over to one of the uh, better places. There are some pharmacies that carry high-end supplements. Uh, uh, even uh, some of the bigger um, health food store chains carry them, and some of the smaller ones. So there's great local health food store uh, chain in um, uh, Tampa and um, um, St. Pete. I love those people, and they have great selections. So the, I got my um covers when I could get at Walmart. Um, you might, but you have to read labels and see if you can find the methylcobalamin, methylfolic uh, acid, 
those are probably on the shelf there. You, you'll probably find magnesium glycinate. These are very common, and you can find them at lower prices at some of the big box stores. Well, thank you, doctor. You're very welcome. Have a lovely day, Marilyn. Hope you get over your anxiety. Yes, but I, I got to Anyway, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, I wanted to mention one other thing. That So before Ryan calls in, and I'm sure he will, breathwork, breathwork, breathwork. Go on to yeah. one of the meditation apps and learn about breath work. <laughs> B-R-E-A-T-H. Yes. And there's a great book called Breathe. Breathe. Read the book Breathe. It's got great information. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm enlightened. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Hugh. Take care. You're welcome, Marilyn. Have thank, a great day. Thank you, Marilyn. And yes, our boards are lit on up like stars in a beautiful summer night. So let's go Lovely. to Kelly and then looks like Gary and then Steve and then Gary. Cool. Good morning there, Kelly. Thank you so much, Dr. Harvey. My daughter is about 52, very active, hardworking. She got yes. bitten by one of her cats and... So it was bad on her uh, leg. She had a, a double doses of uh, antibiotics. And it took her a good three weeks to recuperate. Yes. And then now it's been about four weeks she recuperated. And now she's come down with a... A low uh, grade of um, shingles on her face and her neck. Oh no! She is in about five days in with this, and it's getting better. Doesn't? And the doctor told her yesterday that it's um that it's uh it's, it's definitely shingles, and she's uh, of course taking some more uh, medication. My yes. question is, what's the best probiotic that she can take after all these uh, heavy doses of antibiotics? I usually get my vitamin at the vitamin shop. Thank you so much, Dr. Harvey. You're so welcome, Kelly. Um, so I think that uh, um, a good broad-spectrum probiotic, I've talked about these before. You can find them at good health food stores. When you read the label on the probiotic, and it says lactobacillus acidophilus is a name. Behind that name, there should be a alphanumeric thing like LA114 or something like that. Um, uh, after uh, bifidobacterium bifidum, maybe uh, BI01 or something like that. So you're going to know that this label tells us that these have been actually genetically identified. We know it's exactly that strain, so they're good healthy human strains. Um, another really good thing to look for is spore-based bacteria, bacillus-type uh, probiotics uh, would be good to add to the usual lactobacillus. Another thing to think about, because someone got uh, bitten by a cat, cats can have um, a special, uh, a unique uh, 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 infection. It's not a bacteria. It's called Bartonella henselliae. And um, if uh, your daughter feels ill uh, ongoing, 
or gets recurrent fevers uh, or stretch marks, things like this, she should get checked by a doctor for Bartonella. It's a special kind of test one has to do, and it uh, it may be there. And then the shingles, to support anybody with shingles, um, curcumin extracts of 95% curcuminoids, um, doing a dose of that twice a day, um, vitamin D, um, probably 10,000 units a day for five days, but then shutting it down to two or 5,000 a day would be really supportive for the system because vitamin D has an antiviral effect. And because the nervous system is affected by shingles, using lots of fish oil, like 4,000 milligrams of omega-3s a day, really helps to support the system. I hope that helps, Kelly. Thank you so very much, Dr. Harvey. You're so welcome. Oh, and following up on that, I got an email talking about vitamin D. My sister's vitamin D level is 114, and she is not taking vitamin K2. She's stopping the D for a while. Should she start K or wait? Actually, I would take K and D together, and um, I would not really necessarily stop vitamin D. I've never seen anyone with a vitamin D complication in the low 100s. They say that's over the reference range, but the reference range isn't necessarily a toxic range. It's just a reference range. And so um, I would cut back maybe half the dose of vitamin D she's doing to see if that will actually get it into the zone of around 80 or so, which is seeming in functional medicine to be very healthy. I hope that is useful. I've only got one line open, but I'm going to challenge people. Give us a call at 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And let's go to Gary from Clearwater. Good morning, Gary. Hello, Gabe. Hey, Gary. Hey. Um, you know, I'm... Um, I was. I bet there's. You're breaking up, Gary. I'm not hearing you. I'm going to make a command decision here and go to Stephen from southeastern U.S. Good morning, Stephen. <laughs> southeastern U.S. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Where are you from, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a. Sticky ickyation. Um, a what? A sticky situation. Okay. Um, I have. I've been having an expressing of my nipples, one more than the other, and recently it got to the point where it it was having these. These, I guess, pus, you know, white um, head, you know, all over the uh, the one nipple, and it was like pins being from the inside out. And um, in fact, I went initially to the local ER. And the emergency doctor said, quote, it was caused by braiding with your shirt. A braiding with my shirt. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a question. Is this actually all over the areola, like little pimples, or is it coming out? Is this oozing coming out of the nipple itself? It's coming out. Out and it's kind of like 
grindy, pasty-like. But out of the nipple? Yes, exactly. So one source, not multiple little um, um, wounds? Well, it's like little dots, but yeah, it's like coming out of the pores-like. So is it right on the tip of the nipple, or is it all over the whole colored areola? No, it's just the, the nipple itself. Okay, so this sounds to me like the doctor made a misdiagnosis, but I'm not looking at you. If it's coming out of the nipple, it sounds to me like something called galactorrhea. That's G-A-L-A-C-T-O-R-R-H-E-A, galactorrhea. That means you have inappropriate milk production in your nipples. In men, this is a real problem because men don't usually have milk coming from their nipples. This needs a further high-level evaluation. Okay, um... Later on, I had a, a brain scan, and they said I had a mass on my pituitary. About yes, that's, that's usually the cause, a prolactinoma, it's called. Right, right. But, um, you know, they said, and then I had, I guess, another one. They said, oh, it went away. I never know a mass to magically go away. But Yeah, let me tell you about that. They do do that. So prolactinomas are not cancer. Prolactinomas right, are almost right, yeah. never uh, treated surgically. And from my functional medicine perspective, watching these over the last 30 years, they are toxicity associated. The reason your gland has done weird things is there's something wrong metabolically in your body. Something's triggering it with wrong signaling. And so you need a functional medicine workup. You need somebody to actually look at the toxins in your body and uh, evaluate your lifestyle, diet, and where you're getting sources of toxins. It could be that you are mold exposed. It could be that you are metal exposed. You could be petrochemically exposed or you could be inflammatorily exposed with different low-level chronic infections. So you need a full tilt workup to figure out how to get this done. Otherwise, you're just gonna end up with the Western medicine approach where they put you on inhibitory medications against dopamine, um, which tend to help cut down the prolactin. And so you, and, and eventually these yeah. can burn out, but you might keep making more if you don't well, actually yeah. work on fixing the underlying toxicity. But the last time that I spoke about when bubbling up, they burst. And, you know, yeah. And, and, um, and the VA isn't quite, you know, renowned for their modern... So it was the VA that told you it was um, uh, your nipples got rubbed? No, no, no. That was the Oak Hill. <laughs> so uh, it's likely that the VA will send you to an endocrinologist for a prolactinoma and they'll probably put you on bromcryptine or one of the other medications. And the other... Um, what's that? They're going to do a... Um, Yeah, so they're going down an alternative pathway that's going to find that you don't have a, a breast tumor and you don't have any other problems there. What you have is gynecomastia, which is enlarged breast tissue producing milk because you have a prolactinoma. They're going down the wrong pathway. You, you need to have the prolactinoma worked up. But yeah, it's, it's actually good. They're going to rule out a breast cancer because that's another possible yeah. cause of this. But both sides, no, that's, that's the tumor in your brain. May I just ask one quick Last yeah, one. go. And, What's um, you got? The size 
of the nipples. I have never seen a male, you know, in all my grown years of yeah. gym, military, and all that, with such large nipples. Yeah, well, that's because it's being driven life. by the hormone in your pituitary. You're, you're actually growing breasts. All my life. Oh, this has been your whole life? Yeah. Okay, so you have naturally large nipples, so um, it probably actually um, has uh, been um, um, uh, easier for you to go into gynecomastia with this. It's hard to tell, but um, yeah, you, you, you have, maybe you've had a low level of extra prolactin your whole life and it was never high enough to declare itself, and that's why they're a bit larger. Hard to tell. But the bottom line is you have a prolactinoma. Um, it doesn't sound like breast tumors, and it sounds like you need to do a functional medicine workup because all you're going to do is get put on suppressive anti-hormonal therapy at the yeah. VA. Which would would low count, low mobility have anything to do with it? Mm, not that I know of. But yeah, if you move more and you sweat more, you'll detox oh, no, more. No. So Sperm count. Sperm count. I'm sorry. Oh, sperm count. Uh, yeah. Maybe related. I'm, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about you, you yeah, need yeah, to deal with yeah, your yeah, pituitary yeah. tumor. <laughs> I had that Everything will get better. I see the conversation in my head, and I only say half of it, you know. Yes. It, it, yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. I hope this helps. Go yeah, get yeah, your work yeah. up and get cleaned yeah, I'm up. Sorry. I'm sorry, doctor, but thanks a lot. You're so welcome. Don't be sorry. I'm glad you called. Okay, bye-bye. Good conversation. All right. We've got Gary from Bradenton on the line with sleep problems. Good morning, Gary. Hello. Um, I have insomnia. Yes. And I take a a, a a a narcotic sleeping pill, Balsama, and that doesn't even seem to help. And I, I don't take a siesta or anything during the day, but I seem to get like maybe one or two hours a night if I'm if I'm lucky. Huh? How long has this been going on? Oh, maybe a year or two. Hmm. Did you have a, a significant life challenge a year or two ago? Well, I'm in an assisted living facility, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure I get my sleeping pill every night. But uh, no, and I'm saying about one or two years ago, what shifted you? Did you have a? Did you move into the assisted living one or two years ago when this yeah, insomnia started? I moved into the assisted living facility. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So um, that um, right, right there could be part of it. Um, are you uh, in a room now with a roommate, or are you living in your own room? I have a roommate, but uh, we, we're kind of quiet. We get along well. But that's a new situation for you, right? You used to sleep in your own bedroom. Right, yeah. So these kind of changes can really be challenging, and many people that get a life change situation like that end up having disruptions in sleep and other things. So um, you both, uh, just for sleep hygiene uh, instances, are you are you turning off the lights about the same time for each other? Well, I have a separate room, and so, uh, you know, I don't, we're not in the same room. We have separate rooms. Just Oh, good. Okay. Apartment. You just share like an apartment. Yeah. All right. So um, are you able to black out your room? Yes. Good. And um, are you um, getting enough exercise during the day? Well, I do take a 20-minute walk every day. Good. Um, and are you using any stimulants like caffeine? Uh, I have a cup of coffee at breakfast, and, uh, well, I have tea for 
lunch and dinner. Okay. Well, there's something you could do. Get rid of caffeine after breakfast okay. and see if that will help. And then um, are you able to use any other things to help, like some magnesium glycinate, some melatonin, um, even CBD? Uh, have you tried any of those things? Um, I did try melatonin, and uh, that didn't seem to help that much, but I did try melatonin at night. Mm-hmm. So did you, um, uh, do you have trouble falling asleep or do you have trouble staying asleep? Well, I'm falling asleep and staying asleep. Oh, okay. Um, so how's your, um, breath work practice? How's my what? Breathing practice, breath work. Um, well, I don't, I'm not, I don't have COPD or anything like that. I, no, but you, do you do breath work on a daily basis for helping to control your autonomic nervous system? No, I, I don't do that. Maybe I should All right. try that. Yeah, there is something definitely to try. Breath work is something that helps us get more stable inside of ourselves so we can have a more productive sleep. Um, and then um, do you turn off video and other um, um lights like that, um, that aren't, um, low level lighting, uh, an hour before you go to bed. Yes, I do. I, I, Good. I turn off the computer monitor and the TV like an hour before I try to go to sleep. Excellent. So there are some really good um, um, meditations out there that can help. I like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's um, restorative sleep meditation. It's about an hour long with music that helps you drift off at the end. Um, and there are many others out there. Um, so you could try things like that. And then uh, something, uh, a combination that seems to help is magnesium glycinate, melatonin, and maybe a little bit of CBD. That combination is really gentle for most people and uh, does tend to help. Um, if that's not effective, I would say uh, it may be worth it to look into um, uh, getting a, a, a functional medicine workup so you can see what your neurotransmitters are looking like um, and maybe support those too. Something like tryptophan is a, is a thing that supports serotonin, which seems to help sleep. Um, and there's also GABA. Uh, GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, it's another amino acid. It's an actual active neurotransmitter that is the off switch for the brain. There's a bunch of tools you can try out there and you can mix them and match them too to see what works best for you. But I would say, keep up your daily exercise, get a breath work and meditation practice that helps you get yourself in a mood for sleep and then work on these other things. Oh, okay. Well, I take uh, like a number of psychiatric medications for, uh, psychosis and depression and so um you know i have to like balance my psychoactive medications along with the you know my other medications for various and sundry physical problems so i yeah what's I the um, um what's the um what's the antidepressant you take uh, Braylar. Braylar. um and um how long have you been on that oh about uh nine months and it, uh, uh, what were you on before that? Oh, um, well, I don't remember the name exactly, but it was a uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Oh, okay. And so they added the Raylar on to your other medication? Yes. So what's the other medication you're taking? Oh, um, gosh, I'd have to 
look up my um, list of medications I'm on because it's a whole long. Because I think that could be a big source of it because we know that Vralar is associated with uh, restlessness, um, uh, changes in sleep habits, um, fatigue, um, um, insomnia. Uh, you know, medications aren't um, necessarily all they're cracked up to be by the marketing. Yes, well, um, I'll have to take this up with my primary care physician and see. I would not take it up with a primary care doctor. I would take it up to somebody who knows something about these medications, like a psychiatrist. Because well, primary care doctors are not well uh, versed in using these. Who put you on Vralar, primary care or psychiatry? The psychiatrist. Yeah, that's who I would talk with. And, and he'll probably be a little intransigent, but just let him know you're having problems. Okay, well, I will take it up with my psychiatrist and have see if we can readjust the medication. I think it would make sense because these things can do this to you. Well, you know, I have numerous problems. And I have to balance all of them, you know. Life is complicated. What can I say? Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, and it gets more complicated um, as we go along because we keep toxifying our environment and keep creating new pills to toxify us. Um, I just wish the psychiatrist would do some laboratory testing, brain imaging, or other kind of uh, 21st century techniques to determine which medications would be most appropriate for people. Well, thank you for your help. And uh, this has been most enlightening. Have a lovely day and good luck with your problem there. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you, Gary. And we do have an all-star lineup of callers here. I've got DeAndre, then Margaret, then Ann, and then David. So let's go to DeAndre. Good morning there. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the, uh, on the call. I was uh, curious about this product that's been around here for a bit and its uh, benefits or maybe effects when it comes to mental health and as, as well weight loss. It's uh, something called Kratom, and uh, I'll just uh, take uh, the response uh, over the year. Thank you. You're welcome, DeAndre. So Kratom, it's been around for, you know, millennia. It's a plant um, popular in the Mideast and South Asia. Um, it has some interesting characteristics that are being discovered, and what I've witnessed so far is um, that um, I've had a couple of patients who appeared to be dependent on it um, because they didn't like the psychiatric medications and they felt pretty good on Kratom. Um, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of research on it. Um, my, um, my belief in single agent remedies is limited. And I think that people that are looking for an answer in something like Kratom should be looking for an answer in functional medicine and figuring out why it is they are where they are instead of just trying to treat a symptom with another pill. Because um, what I witnessed in my education and my development in going from traditional allopathic illness treatment medicine into integrative um, illness treatment medicine, holistic medicine, and then into functional medicine, there is a difference in perception of what's real. And in both traditional conventional illness care and integrative illness care, I saw myself doing what I did in traditional care and that's substituting um, an herb or another extract for a pill that would have been used. And functional medicine goes well beyond that and looks at the functional interaction between systems and helps uncover where the 
disturbances are that we can reorient and improve that function so that disease symptoms go away. And so why is the person needing kratom? Many, many, many different reasons could could create symptoms that might want somebody to grab onto some kratom or some Valium or a beer or a joint. And so I think we need to look at the overall uh, function and figure out why it is people are seeking these things out before we say, oh, kratom is the new answer. I hope that works for you. Okie dokie. We've got um, Margaret and then Ann and then David. And Margaret's got a um, sort of a hot button topic uh, question dealing with lupus, but I'm going to make her patiently wait a few more seconds while I encourage people to give a call. Irene's waiting for you. Just jingle 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning to you there, Margaret. How are things down there in Sarasota? Um sunny and, and beautiful. They are indeed. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. Uh, just a short back history. December of 2021, I was in kind of a freak car accident, and I suffered a neck pain and a concussion. And the symptoms from the concussion lasted um, well into six months and more. So the accident was in December. In February, I had my annual checkup and um, was telling the nurse practitioner some of my issues and concerns, and she ordered a very long blood test. It also happened to be her last day with that practice. So when the results came back, I was surprised to find, um, and the new nurse practitioner was surprised as well, so she reordered the test six months later. And um, my ANA screen, IFA, is positive. Your ANA, anti-nuclear antigen, which is a marker for lupus, turned up positive. And what was the number that was on it? So there's a 1, one to 48, the ANA titter. Is that what you're referring to? The titer is 1 to 40? Yes. Okay. So that um, tells us that you have an extremely, extremely, extremely low positive response to a test that sometimes indicates that a person has lupus. What it indicates actually is that you have some uh, uh, um, problematic immune challenges in that your immune system is making antibodies against your DNA. Oh, okay. That's what an anti-nuclear antigen means. You're actually attacking the nucleus of your cell with autoaggression. And there are many reasons for that, but yours is very mild and it's highly unlikely that you have lupus. Oh, that's great news. Yes, Um, I thought you'd like that. (laughs) I do. The, The nurse practitioner left me with, if you have, when you have symptoms, let me know. Oh, isn't that lovely? Hey, when something develops, come on in. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't even know what the symptoms are. Right, and and you didn't get any education into what symptoms to watch for, right? Exactly. <laughs> Four minutes doesn't give you enough time to practice medicine, unfortunately. But so, what what you got here is something not to be worried about. But it's a it's a a shot across the bow that tells you you're doing something wrong. Okay. Something's going on in your life. And it's something as simple as um, um, eating gluten could do this. 
Um, you can have actually a little cross-reactivity from other things, maybe some infections, low-level things, viral infections you've had in the past. You might even develop this from having an MRA, mRNA experimentally approved shot put in your arm. Oh, okay. Yeah, anything that pisses off your immune system can actually make you develop an ANA positivity. And it doesn't mean you're going down the long, horrible pathway of autoaggressive disease. It just means you got to pay attention. So you might want to actually really look at where you might be toxified, reduce gluten consumption, reduce uh, uh, additives, you know, get away from the middle aisles of the grocery store and go out so you don't have um, all those weird multisyllabic words on your box of non-food. Exactly. Right. Okay. And exercise is beautiful. Sun is beautiful. All these things really help push you down this pathway to better. Awesome. Um, what about my kidneys? Do I need to be concerned about my kidneys? Well, not really, because this isn't high enough to be kidney damaging. But you have to understand that, you know, this is affecting your whole body. So it's all about just, you know, getting on the clean yourself up pathway, looking at all the possible things you can do to just be healthier. And you will see this probably go away. If you have blue eyes and blonde hair, you probably should get rid of gluten. How about blonde? Excuse me, how about red hair and blue eyes and freckles? Oh, well, there you go. Probably even more likely. You're a Celt? Yes. Irish, Scottish? Yes, Irish. Yeah. Highest penetrance of gluten sensitivity on the planet, highest penetrance of celiac disease on the planet. You probably should never look at gluten bugs again. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm 39% Scott. Gluten is not a friend. Understood. Okay. Yeah, I, I, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Have a great day, Margaret. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All righty. We're down to below 10 minutes, and I've got Ann with a scan, skin cancer question. It looks like we've got uh, David and Gary from Clearwater got back in the line, so look forward to finally talking with him. Good morning, Ann. Yeah, I went for a, just a regular skin exam, and um, they diagnosed me with a S-Q-U-A-M-O-U-S, S-I-T-U, yes. and they, they said it wasn't any big deal. But what right. they did was they, they biopsied it uh -huh. and just cut it like a little more like in half. They said they got most of it. And they just cut it in half, and then I had to wait three weeks for them to send that off to the lab to find out it was cancer. Mm -hmm. And I had to wait three weeks to have it removed. And okay. then they removed it, and then I have to wait two weeks to find out if they got it all. Right. And then I might have to, you know, and I'm just worried that maybe during that time that it was split open, it just seems like maybe I was getting cancer spread out through my body. But they okay. said it, it would just stay still. Yes, um, take a big breath. It's pretty okay. Squamous cell cancers of the skin are, especially when it's squamous cell in situ, which means that it's just a little superficial ding and it hasn't invaded anywhere. And it may not even be interested in invading. Um, and the time it takes to invade is a while. And so um, the biopsy they did is not likely to cause future complications. And 
Um, squamous cell is not a big worry, especially when it's in situ, which means very superficial. And so I would suggest that um, for future prevention, you get on a combination of some really good antioxidants that are anti-cancer. Curcumin extract is one, green tea extract is another, resveratrol or terostilbene or knotweed extract. These come from grapes and knotweed. These are very good. And um, you might want to also take some sulforaphane um, glucosinolate. It's a broccoli sprout extract. It's super potent. All of these are actually anti-cancer. They don't treat cancer. What they do is they tell the cancer to die. It just suggests to it that it should go away because it's not wanted. Okay, and I should just do that for a little while or just... Oh, you like should take that for the rest of your life. you got one skin cancer, you're likely to get more. Oh, okay. Okay. And this will help you reduce don't, you that. Don't think, you don't think splitting it open and leaving it there causes, I mean, that's bad? or No, actually, there's no evidence of that at this point. There are certain cancers that actually do have that problem. One of them is a squamous cell tumor of the neck. So if you have a lump in your neck, you never get a needle biopsy because that's known to spread squamous cell cancer all over your head and neck. Um, so we don't do biopsies of needles of lumps in the neck. We actually go in and take them out because otherwise you're at risk. But skin cancer like that, very superficial, not a problem. Okay, they didn't do a needle. They did a split. Right. Hand. Yeah, but it wasn't in your neck. So we're not really worried about that. It was on my arm close to my neck. Right. So there's no real risk of you having a problem from having that oh, okay. biopsy. Okay, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And down to, again, about six minutes, the lightning round. And we'll go to David, who's got a uh, follow-up question regarding uh, exposure to the sun and skin cancer. Good hey morning there, to you there, David. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. It's very much related. Uh, in my youth, I worked outside in the sun, and uh, now I've had a lot of basal cells that go deep, uh, some, yes. a couple of squamous and one melanoma. Is there any nutritional approach? I think you touched on this to really lessen the formation of, of these types of cancers. Yes, I just mentioned it. That combination is really good for telling cancers to turn off. It works on some cellular machinery um, called apoptosis. Apoptosis is a pre-programmed cell death. It doesn't always get triggered in cancer cells because they go against the uh, 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 wishes of the cellular mechanics. And so using these tools turns that back on and, and basically the cancers give it up because they're not able to tolerate um, that kind of function. Great. Can you remind me the, uh, the uh, grape-derived... Uh, so it's um, cool. uh, green tea extract um, that has epigallocatechin gallate, EGCG, um, curcuminoid extracts, 95% curcuminoids, that's from turmeric, and the Japanese knotweed or grape extract is called resveratrol. And the um, uh, other one is sulforaphane glucosinolate from broccoli. I see. All right. Well, thank you very much for that information. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. So are we back to Gary? Yes, indeed we are. Hey there, Gary. How are you doing there? Gary? Good, finally, finally got back on. Hey there. Toward, I know it's towards the end, so I'll, I was going to ask two questions, but now I only ask one. And um, what you got? I was going to, I was going to say, um, you know what? I'm, I'm sure I'm not, I'm not the only one, but I'm 60 years old, had several surgeries, have two blood tests a year, 
and I don't know my blood type. So I looked at my blood results. I can't find it. Do I have to take take a special test for that to know my blood type? Yes, actually, that is a special test, and most doctors don't do it in routine screening. Um, You can get it done for free if you go and donate a pint of blood. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go. I know um, my my, um, general practitioner has a little blood test in his office. I would ask him to do for me. Okay, uh, you know what? Do I have time for another question? Um, actually, no, we're down to that wire there, Gary. You have a lovely week. We'll talk again. Bye. Talk to you next week. Indeed. All right. And do uh, thank you, Gary. We'll look forward to talking with you next week and we'll try and squeeze Steve in. He's been waiting a bit here and get towards wrapping it on up. Good. uh, Good morning there, Steve. Hey, Steve, what you got? Okie dokie. Give Christine a chance and then wrap it on All right. up. Hey, Christine. Hello. Good morning. Hi. I've called before. I, I just have a quick question about my two conditions. I have exocrine pancreatic insufficiency and microscopic yes. colitis. Um, yes. What I'm calling about today is how to healthily gain weight. I'm Italian, so I'll, I'll be honest. I've been doing it the unhealthy way the past couple of weeks. Lots of sausage and peppers and and pasta and all the things us Italians love to eat. I know that's not sustainable in the long term, but it did put some pounds on me. Um, I'm not going to do what my GI wants me to do, which is drink and stir, because I know that's loaded with chemicals. Wow, I can't believe that doctors in the 21st century are actually still promoting that poison. It's so weird. Why don't they actually offer something useful? Uh, it's, it's just the most bizarre stuff. I can't believe they're pushing high fructose corn syrup on people. Um, but to get, uh, really, with microscopic colitis, I avoid dairy and I avoid gluten. And so the pasta would have to be gluten-free. And I think that lean meats, uh, a paleo diet's really good for what you've got. And you can gain weight on a good paleo diet. Uh, the WALS, W-A-H-L-S apostrophe protocol is really good. But we're down to the last minute. And that's about all I have to tell you today. I hope it helps. In the meantime, I want to thank all the listeners for calling in and interacting so beautifully today. I want to thank Irene for uh, screening and answering and getting all these callers into me. Sorry I didn't get to the zillion emails that came through, but boy, did I have some great callers. And I want to thank you, Bill, for helping me in studio produce this beautiful show. And Thank you. Thank you. Next week, we're going to, again, do uh, Ask Me Anything or Against Medical Advice, whichever you prefer. (laughs) (laughs) Clever twist. Yes. So um, thanks again and have a lovely week, everybody. Um, Keep looking up, keep smiling and keep that love flowing. And thank you very much, doctor, for an exquisite show. And Irene, thank you for handling the phones. Until next Monday at 10 o'clock, thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps radio show here on WMNF Tampa your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.
Live from